Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The opinion line on Cork's 96 FM. Shane, it's not very often I discover a new author and then read four of their books in, in three weeks. I've moved on to Dunnigan after finishing Boylan Keneally. You're onto something good here, lad, but let's start with you. Child protection was your, your background. Yes, indeed. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm on the record. Uh, I, I, I kind of went went public a couple of years ago about the fact that I'm a survivor of clerical abuse myself. So, I had um, some uh, fairly unpleasant experiences growing up in the Ferns Diocese in Wexford, which is kind of ground zero, I suppose, for clerical abuse um, in in Ireland in the seventies and eighties. So, I kind of came out of secondary school determined to bring the fight to them. Really, so I went and I. I I trained as a well, what was called a childcare work at the time. There was no such thing as um, sort of child protection or community childcare work. There were social work teams, and what I wanted to do was specifically work with kids. Um, so I did that for for fifteen years, mm. and then I, I had a, a fairly serious car accident and was in a wheelchair for six months. And you, you can't really do very active child protection work when you're um, laid up like that. So I I applied for a job as a a teacher, basically training people to do child protection work. And that gave me the wonderful uh, summer holidays that teachers get when, when I was had those couple of months, I suppose that that encouraged me back to writing. Now, initially, it was academic writing, mm. and my my first book, uh, Wednesday's Child, began life as a PhD thesis. And my academic supervisor at the time, a lovely man called Dr. Arthur Williamson, who was in the University of Belfast, suggested that I was writing a chapter of theory followed up by a case study, um, kind of a story, if you like, to Mm. illustrate the academic theory that I was writing. And he said that these case studies are telling me a hell of a lot more about what it is you're trying to say than the academic stuff, which probably says a little bit about my my skills as an academic author. So he said this: these probably weren't being published on their own. Mm. So we published a few of them in some academic journals. They got a very good response. And he then said, look, there's probably a book here. Would you consider um, publishing these as a book. Mm. So I s- spent one Sunday afternoon in um, 2005, I sat down and cobbled together the first couple of case studies that I'd written um, into chapters with dialogue and descriptive passages and things like that. Mm. And um, between the jigs and the reels, I sent it to a literary agent first who wasn't remotely interested. And I then decided um, I'd read a book by Gill- that had been published by Gillian Macmillan called Tales in the Rearview Mirror um, by about a taxi driver in Dublin. I 
gave them a ring and they were interested. Um, I sent them in the first few chapters and a couple of hours later, I got a phone call saying that they were interested in buying the, uh, the book basically. Nice. So, uh, I then had to go away and write the damn thing, which, uh, <laughs> that was the bit I hadn't planned, but, um, I I spent a few months writing it. Now, I thought that Wednesday's Trial was going to be my only book. I thought that I would publish it. I'd have a book with my name on the spine, which would go on the shelf, and I could show it to my grandkids, and that'd be great. Yeah. And my absolute shock and horror, it went to number one on the nonfiction bestseller list and stayed there for six weeks. Yeah. And um, the rest is kind of history. Um, I, the, the Gil Macmillan um, offered me another two book deal. Penguin came in and said they wanted to publish the books outside of Ireland. And I published nine of the child protection books. Um, after which time I had moved to Little Brown as my publishers. And they kind of said, would you be interested in writing a crime novel? Now I'd had an idea for a crime novel yeah for, before i'd written the uh the non-fiction books and this became after she vanished the first dunnigan story now initially dunnigan was they say write what you know in my initial pitch dunnigan was a child protection worker right and the the pitch for the story went like this that basically when i was in college a friend of mine named graham um, had taken his key child, who's kind of like the child he had responsibility for in residential care, out Christmas shopping. They'd been standing um, outside the Stevens Green Shopping Centre, listening to carol singers, and he was holding the child by the hand. The child slipped her hand out of his for a moment. He reckoned to scratch her nose or whatever. He looked down a minute later and she was gone. And and that's the start of, of the Dunnigan. That's the start of the Dunnigan series. Where yeah. I wanted it to, to come in is he and Jesse Boyle and they're all, may I use the word, Shane, oddballs. They are. Dunnigan is a genius, but yes. a total oddball. <laughs> he is. He's a very strange character, yeah. You don't know whether to like him or want to hit him. You know, yes. Jesse Boyle is a very, very strange character. Are they based on real people that you've come across in in the dark world of child protection? Yes, very much so. Yeah, I mean, I I, I did, did child protection set for fifteen years. I still do it as a consultant. I do a lot of work with various different organisations. I have worked with the National Bureau for Criminal Investigation in Ireland um, on a number of different cases, and I've met lots of different people. Um, a lot of whom, if you want to survive in that that world, you need to be quite strained. You need to be quite insular in a lot of ways. Um, a lot of people who get into that kind of work get into it for all kinds of different reasons. Many of them are quite damaged in their own way. Mm. Uh, many of them have had tough lives. Um, and many of them have to kind of shut themselves down emotionally to deal with the awful stuff yeah. that you're dealing with yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. Both himself and Jesse Boyle are broken people, Shane, I would suggest. Yeah. Very much so, yeah. Very much so. And the people around them try to, try to get through to them. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, the, 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 breakout, the breakout character in the Dunnigan series is Miley, yeah. who is um, Dunnigan's best friend. He's brilliant. Uh, Miley is a, a young man living with Down syndrome um, who Dunnigan is asked to show around um, Harcourt Street, which are the offices of, of, of the um, National Bureau of Criminal Investigation are. And he ends up kind of inadvertently, not even because he wants to, taking Miley under his wing. That's right. And Miley, for all that he has uh, Down syndrome, is actually he's not intellectually disabled, as, as many people with Down syndrome are not. Yeah. Um, society disables them. And, but Miley is incredibly emotionally intelligent and incredibly emotionally resilient. And in a way, he becomes Dunnigan's 
emotional compass. Just going to say that he becomes the side of Dunnigan that's actually missing. Yeah. All the stories, again, across the two series, Shane, they're police procedural. It's a a skillful mix of total fantasy and police Mm. procedural. Some, you might use the word far-fetched, but you always manage to wrap them back into reality in the end. Yes. Um, What I want, I mean, they both live in the same world. So um, Donegan and Jesse are both living in that same version of Ireland. And as, as the, as, as you'll, as you saw, if you you read the the Jesse Boyle series first, you know, Donegan's case is kind of overlap with hers in a, in, in, in a way. And some of the characters show up in, 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 in Jesse's series as well. What I want to do is create a kind of a heightened version of Ireland. Uh, one of the great feedback that I got about the um, Dunnigan series, um, Dublin, a lot of people tell me Dublin is very much a character in, in, in the books. And I wanted it to be, but it's a slightly heightened version. Of, of Dublin. It's a heightened version of Ireland. Yeah, there's a lot of strange things. There's a lot of fantastic things happen. I wanted, I wanted there to be real threat. They're larger than life, the threats. L- larger than life, really terrifying. I mean, when he encounters a character like, for example, I don't want to give too much away for people who haven't read the books, but, you know, like Frobisher is, is the big baddie across the entire series. Mm. And he is a repellent character of, of the worst kind. He's utterly inhuman. And I wanted to put Dunnigan and his crew up against people like this because I wanted the reader to feel there is an absolutely genuine threat here yeah. that these people are going up against. As the series goes on, people die. And people die terribly. But then in the middle of it all is this lunatic priest. (laughs) (laughs) Father Bill, yeah. People love Father Bill. There's a bit of wish fulfillment in, in, in Father Bill for me, because as I said, I, I'm a survivor of clerical abuse. Yes. I grew up um, knowing a, lo- a lot of priests who did not represent what they were supposed to. And for a long time, um, I had I had grave difficulty being around clerics at all. Um, yet, interestingly, my, my mother was a nun. Uh, my mother um, actually was a, in an enclosed order for 10 years before she, she left and obviously then met my dad subsequently, and hence I exist. But um, So I grew up up in a house where there was an awful lot of people coming and going who were members of the church. Um, and over the years, I have, I, I, as I kind of realized, okay, you can't tower everybody with the one brush, I kind of met various priests. I mean, a lot of people have said to me, is Father Bill based on um, Father Peter McVerry? I've met Father Peter McVerry, and obviously Father Bill is working in a unit not unlike, yeah. um, you know, the, the, the Merchant's Key Project in, in Dublin. He deals with the homeless people. But I wanted him to be the kind of priest that you kind of would really want in your corner. For all the fact that, as you say, he's crazy, and he is. <laughs> Yet at the same time, he's on the side of the angels. You know, he's as likely to puck the head off you for doing something <laughs> wrong as he is to say a prayer but I, I needed somebody who was physically quite yes. dominating and who could look after that side of things because Dunnigan is not a fist fighter Dunnigan knows how to take a punch he has to take quite a number of them as we discover and so, he takes quite a number of them yeah. over, over the two series Shane they're, they're, they're both ideal holiday reading and that's why I wanted to talk to you mm. first of all I want to know is there more mm. of each coming Yes, there is. Um, at the moment, uh, Boyle and Kennelly are taking a break because I've been asked to do a new series for Book Couture, which I'm working on at the moment, which is, go- which is going to be a new um, sort of three part. And then I'll be going back to Boyle and Kennelly again. So um, they kind of want to let the Boyle and Kennelly get out into the world and, mm. you know, kind of, you know, catch people's attention. And we'll be coming back to it then because obviously the third book ends on quite a cliffhanger. Donegan ends on a bit of a cliffhanger as well. Um, that, that the cycle of those first four books comes to 
to an end and we leave our heroes and our villains, some of them, kind of ready to pick the pick that story up again. And I, I fully intend to. Good, good, good. Any any sign of television interest because these are made for miniseries. Yes, um, there there is currently a um, well-established and quite well-known TV group looking at, at Donegan. Um, we're in the early stages of negotiations. Whether it happens or not, at this stage, I've kind of learned because um, my, my, the movie version of The Boy That Tried to Hide, which is the ninth in my Child Protection series, is, is starting filming at the end of this year and took seven years, I think, of, of developments to get to that stage. Right. Um, also, um, a short film adaptation of, of Wednesday's Child, my first book, has just won the um, best short film at the Galway Film Flap. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're, we're hoping that there may be some interest in, in turning that into something. Well, I've no doubt that we will talk again. I, I could spend a long time discussing the plots and the intricacies and the characters of both series of books. I look forward to the next series. I imagine they'll go into quite a number of suitcases because they're perfect holiday reading. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Thank, thanks very much for the conversation. Quartz 96 FM. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.